0: Giving back has always been our culture at Subaru of Gwinnett. During the Subaru Loves to Help initiative, we're partnering with our friends at Rainbow Village to provide coats, shoes, and socks to those dealing with homelessness. At Subaru of Gwinnett, our hope is that these essential items will not only keep those in urgent need protected, warm, and dry, but that it can have a significant impact on their mental and emotional well-being. Subaru of Gwinnett, more than a car dealer. Visit SubaruofGwinnett.com to learn more.
1: 6. To first. The
2: champions. Hey everybody, happy Thursday Welcome to another episode of the 643 Podcast With yours truly, Dylan Short As we're getting ready to uh, get you squared away For the Braves final game in the series against Miami Braves looking for a sweep today And it'll be behind Dylan Dodd on the mound Who gets called up Now, that pitch, first pitch today is at 410, so it's been nice having 640 starts for the first two games, but today will be a 410 first pitch. Make sure you are watching. Last night was a lot of fun for Braves fans and a lot of not so much fun. Very weird game. Uh, Not often that you see a game where your team, the Braves, uh, they put up 14 runs And you're left after the game kind of feeling uh, a little bit concerned, worried, wondering what in the heck just happened. Uh, But that is kind of what happened. Uh, Last night's game, Braves went 14 to 6 on the strength of a ton of home runs yesterday. Uh, Braves had a total of six homers yesterday. Marlins had one Uh, as uh, Braxton Garrett. He got unloaded on. Uh, and w- which is good to see. Braxton Garrett has given the Braves some fits before. It seems like the Braves just tend to struggle against soft tossers. They kind of have throughout the entirety of my life. Um, but first inning struggled against Garrett. After that, not so much uh, in the way of struggles anymore. Garrett went four and a third. So Miami, to their credit, they kind of made him eat it. Um, gave up 14 hits, 11 earned runs to the Braves, two walks. He had more homers allowed than strikeouts. One of those home runs was just a, a gargantuan home run by Ronald Acuna. And that's something that always impresses me about Ronald. And it's just, it's, it's so crazy when you watch Ronald play. He's not a big guy. I mean, six foot, I, I I would, I there's no way he's more than 210 pounds. I don't even think he's 210 pounds. I would say he's probably closer to about 200, 205. And there, there, ain't, there ain't no way in the world he's over 210 but he hits the ball so hard and so far. He really is just a freak. And it's, you know, the, it's all the explosion in the lower half and you can see that trait in his brothers as well. Luis on hell kind of does a little bit of the same thing. Doesn't impact to the same level that Ronald does, but that whole family, man. They're just some freaks and Ronald is the chief freak among all freaks. And you saw yesterday uh, he, He ended up only going one for five, did have a walk. So now he actually had that type of day, and his season line went down a little bit. Uh, Overall value, though, he and now Sean Murphy are tied in overall value at 2F4 right now uh, this early in the season. Really, really incredible. Ronald is far and away the favorite for National League MVP so far this season. Uh, And now that you're starting to see him really get the power numbers start ticking up, that was his sixth home run yesterday. That He and Austin, who also hit a home run yesterday. We'll talk about Austin in a second. Uh, but for Ronald, he's already getting all the stolen bases out of the way. I believe he has 14 steals at this point, too. Uh, just, just an incredible season that we're seeing from Ronald. If he can just stay healthy all year and do what he's doing right now, it's going to be a heck of a season for Ronald Acuna and heck of a season for the Braves. But overall, every single starter got a hit yesterday. That's all the good news. There was some bad news as Kyle Wright had to leave the game uh, after two innings uh, with shoulder inflammation. He was immediately placed on the 15 day IL with right shoulder inflammation. That is the shoulder that he got the cortisone injection in in January that slowed his season to start. Dylan Dodd, as I mentioned, he is called up to pitch today. They've moved Max Free to tomorrow. So, kind of understand why they're doing what they're doing for Dodd. It's a nice way to get welcomed back into the league. He had uh, some some kind of difficult lineups to face his first two times through. Uh, so being able to face the Marlins is probably a pretty nice change for him. We'll see what he can do. Um, hit or miss so far for him in Gwinnett. He's had some really good outings, struggled with command just a little bit, but we'll see how he does in today's action. No idea how long Kyle Wright's going to be out. I don't think they're going to want to be uh, – I, I, the Braves have been pretty cautious so far this season with their guys. And again, it's early. There's a reason to be cautious. But for a guy like Kyle Wright, who was such a big part of the team last year, who you're kind of banking on going forward, having found it, I would expect them to be even a little more cautious than they otherwise might have been, particularly with guys like Dodd and Schuster and Soroka, who, listen... Dodd has a great start tonight. He might stay in the rotation. If, if it's just kind of okay, who knows? Maybe it'll be Soroka who comes up next. We don't really know. Soroka got beat up his last time out in Gwinnett, uh, but, but we'll see. That's certainly going to be the case. The emergence of Bryce Elder has kind of helped that out quite a bit. I, I, I really want to talk about Bryce Elder because he gets lost in the shuffle of everybody in this pitching rotation far too often, and I think we all kind of ding him because the peripherals are terrible. If you just go by his advanced metrics and and what the predictors would say, it's pretty terrible. You you think that the regression monster is going to come out there and clean his clock any day now, but he just keeps keeps throwing and keeps throwing really well, and there's some exciting similarities that you can see with him. But with the Braves overall, now they've taken the first two against Miami. If they can go out there today and, and take game three, the Braves will be sitting at twenty-two and ten if they can win today. They've already got a five-game lead in the NL East. The Marlins, the Mets, uh, and the Phillies might all be tied at sixteen and fifteen. I have to see that with the Phillies. Um, I haven't seen uh, fifteen and seventeen. So the Marlins and the Mets are tied. The Phillies are at fifteen and seventeen, and the Nationals are the Nationals. They're terrible. Uh, they're twelve and eighteen. So the National League East has not been the division that we thought it would be early on this season. And you know what? I'm kind of okay with that. I would kind of enjoy uh, a season where the Braves just run table top to bottom, don't ever get into any struggles with the rest of the division. I'd be pretty okay with that. Now, I don't think it's going to last that way, particularly since Bryce Harper came back like three months early from Tommy John surgery uh, to play for Philadelphia. And that's the thing about Bryce, man. Uh, I, I know a lot of Braves fans hate Bryce Harper. I love Bryce Harper. I'm not ashamed to admit it. The dude, you can carry that grudge from the time when he was 20 years old and scrubbed his foot through the A when everybody in Atlanta was booing him. I, I, I don't really care. I, I really don't. He's a fantastic player. He's a great dude. Uh, and, and just doing whatever he can to play for his ball club that needs some help. And um, I, I have a feeling that the Phillies, uh, they've stuck around long enough with the Mets really struggling this year the Phillies have stuck around long enough to where I think they'll be able to take that second spot from the Mets and the Marlins fairly quickly, especially as they're going to get Ranger Suarez back here within the next, probably within the next week or two, I would imagine. Uh, so we'll, we'll see what happens there, but I'm not really worried about that from a brave standpoint. Now with Kyle Wright going down, that obviously was a downside for yesterday. Uh, another scary moment happened yesterday with uh, Michael Harris, who hit a home run yesterday, which was fantastic to see. He's hitting like 65% of his hits are going on the ground right now. Uh, so it's nice to see him lift and get a homer. But then he also had a play at first base where uh, it looked really, really bad. If you watch the video, I it gave me shades of what happened to Ronald Acuna in Boston years ago. If you guys remember where I was convinced that he just shredded his knee, I thought the same thing with Michael Harris. It looked like a hyperextension, but it looked like one of those where the back of the knee starts moving uh, to the front of the knee, and those can those can blow your knee up pretty quickly. Looks like he avoided any of the major damage. He did not get placed on the IL, uh, stated with a jammed knee. So uh, he's not going to play today. He'll be out of the lineup today for sure. You'll get Sam Hilliard in center field, I would imagine. Um, but good news for the Braves that Michael Harris, who just came off of the IL, doesn't have to go right back on it. So that's some good news for the Braves. Uh, Marcelo Zuna, who we all know is pretty terrible at baseball now. Well, he hit two home runs yesterday, including a grand slam uh, and a solo shot. So he ended up going three for five, scored three runs, drove in five, had the two homers. Now, the sad part is, and I hate to have to say this is the sad part. The sad part is it's just earned him a whole bunch more at-bats. Lest you think that he's fixed and figured it out. I would very much caution you to wait until the Braves are facing somebody that throws harder than 90 miles an hour. The problem with Marcelo Zuna has been that he can't catch up to velocity anymore. So he has to cheat fastball, which opens him up to any breaking ball. It means he can't lay off or can't even make contact with breaking balls. And he just kind of gets up there and swings because he's guessing for velocity. Uh, So we'll see what happens when he faces a guy that can actually throw a decent speed. Braxton Garrett tops out at 90. So that's kind of like right in Ozuna's wheelhouse at this point. We'll see. Jesus Lazardo's throwing today, so we'll see if uh, if Marcel is in the lineup, which he is today, uh, DHing today. We'll see how he handles a guy in Jesus Lazardo who can run it up to 97. Uh, I, I don't have high hopes, but, hey, I've been wrong before. We'll see. Uh, one of the guys that really needs to get going, and maybe we saw the beginnings of it yesterday, has been Austin Riley. Now, I've, I've had some issues with some of the other players in the team. And Riley, for the most part, this year started out the season so well. If you look at him now, though, totally different player. It was not that long ago we were talking about Austin Riley having the best offensive start to his career. Looked like he was going to have the best season of his career. He's now all the way down to 239, 331 with a 427 slug and a 758 OPS. Those are not Austin Riley numbers. And you can actually carry those over to Matt Olson as well, who'd been having such an incredible run himself. Olsen is now at 246, 369. Still love that OBP. I'll take that OBP. With a 517 slug and an 886 OPS. Those aren't terrible numbers. But those aren't the numbers that we were seeing early in the season from Matt Olson. Those, again, aren't the numbers that we expect to see from Matt Olson. I think those will turn around. He might just be a little bit streakier. But we'll see. Uh, Sean Murphy's kept it going all season long. Sean Murphy's sitting at 289, 439 with a 633 slug. And then one guy who has really turned it around, Ozzy Albies. Now hitting 275, 318, 567 with an 884 OPS. Yeah, you'd like the OBP to be higher, but he's not going to walk. It's just not going to happen. I wish he would. I wish Ronald could teach him to take a few pitches. I think if Ozzy had Ronald's plate discipline, I think Ozzy would be an MVP player. I think he'd be one of the top 10 most talented players in all of Major League Baseball. But he's not ever going to. He's just a very aggressive guy, it's how he plays the game. And you do still see that kind of split dichotomy between Ozzy when he gets to bat right-handed when he bats left-handed. That's why there's still a lot of people that want to see Ozzy switch to the right-handed permanent style and just give up switch hitting. Uh, as right-handed, he's basically Mike Trout. Left-handed, he's basically Ender Inciarte. Uh So we'll see. He gets to bat righty today against Lazardo. We'll see how the Braves do. Uh, it'll be very interesting to see uh, how Dylan Dodd approaches this Miami lineup. They're not a powerful lineup. By any stretch of the imagination, Uh, I also don't think that they are quite as bad as the lineups are typically for Miami teams. Now, they have not released their lineup today yet. I'm sure it'll come out here as I'm recording this with you. Uh, But for Dylan Dodd, just get out there and throw strikes. It's a semi-day game, getaway day. We'll, We'll see what happens overall for the team, but you feel pretty good with the way the Braves are playing ball right now. If you can finish out this road trip and go five and one over this road trip, you're, you're feeling very, very good. You're feeling great. Even with AJ mentor, having struggles, um, the pitching side of things last night, wasn't fantastic. Kyle Wright in those two innings um, did allow three earned runs. He did have three strikeouts, which was nice, but had six hits, four or four runs, three of which were earned. Uh, Colin McHugh pitched a, a, Great three innings, allowed three hits, but no walks, no runs, nothing like that. It was fantastic. Jesse Chavez had a mostly clean inning, which was nice. Dylan Lee gave up another homer. He gave up two runs, which I don't want to see that. But A.J. did get himself a clean inning, uh, and Kirby Yates actually had a perfect inning struck out the side, so that was nice to see. We are going to get Rysel Iglesias back here soon. I don't know what day it's going to be, but it should be any day now. Uh, he's been pitching in Gwinnett and pitching well there. Uh, so we'll, we'll see what happens for that aspect. Now, I said that I wanted to talk about Bryce Elder, and I do, because I didn't really get to talk about him uh, on Tuesday very much. And when you're looking at Bryce Elder and what he's done this season, I know we kind of just keep waiting for the ball to drop on Bryce. We keep waiting for his season numbers to kind of meet up with his expected numbers. And while that's certainly the case, that that it can happen, it it definitely could happen. I don't want to pretend like, every predictor you see is dumb and stupid and, and isn't going to, and, and means nothing. But when you look at what he's done on the season, he's got a one seven, five ERA and he's got a three, five, eight fifth. So even if you're going, I know his X ERA is a four, three, eight, which is by the way, for a guy that's number five, a four, three, eight would be perfectly fine. It wouldn't be bad at all, but it's certainly not the Sterling one, seven, five, or even the three, five, eight fifth that you're seeing what you're seeing from Bryce so far is a guy that's getting a lot of ground balls, 57.6% ground ball rate for him right now. And that's the key to his success. He's not really throwing hard. He's actually throwing softer than he was a season ago. His four seam and his sinker are like right at the same velocity, which I actually think helps him. It's in this weird way. I think Bryce having his four seam tick down just a bit, or maybe his sinker tick up just a bit, has actually helped him out a little bit. He's getting really good movement on his pitches. I know we say he's the guy that you're not going to see on Pitching Ninja but he does throw some really nasty sinkers that get a lot of run on them. He threw a couple of those in his, in his outing against Sandy Alcantara, and that's twice this season that he's out Sandy Alcantara. It's pretty wild what you're seeing from Bryce Elder, and I think it's really easy for people to forget. Bryce is only 23 years old. He got up to the bigs almost as quickly as Strider, drafted the same class, drafted right after each other, and they went way over slot to sign Bryce Elder. It's not the same as Strider. Like He doesn't have 99 in his back pocket like Strider does. But the Braves got two guys that kind of approach their locations in the same vein. The thing that makes Elder so good right now is the same thing that makes Strider so good and so so untouchable is that they don't waste a lot of pitches. Now, Bryce will throw more pitches typically than Spencer will just because Bryce can't get away with leaving a fastball in the middle of the plate so Bryce has to work on the edges a little bit more. But Spencer, when he's rolling well and he's he's getting those outings where he's getting into the seventh inning, it's not just because he's just ramping up and throwing it down and burying people. They both put the baseball in a spot that as a hitter, you're not comfortable taking that pitch. May And if you do take it, maybe it's a ball, maybe it's a strike. They're both just trying to just, just nick the edge of the black. It's the most perfect location in baseball to just nick the, the very edge of the black on the outside corner. If you nick that edge, technically that is a strike. Most umpires are going to give you that strike, especially if they can see that you're hitting it consistently. Now, you can argue whether that should matter or not, fine, whatever, that's a different conversation. But Spencer, we see that with his fastball. Spencer with his fastballs at his best when it's it's almost belt high to where a hitter kind of feels like they have to swing, but it's just nicking that outside edge of the black. So even if you do swing at it, you can't do much with it. It's hard to make contact with it at all because he measures you up so well. And then it's got the velocity that makes it hard to get. Bryce Elder does the same thing. He goes for the same location. And it means as a hitter, you don't feel very confident taking that pitch. It is the most, it is right there on that 50-50 line of do I want to swing at it? Do I not want to swing at it? And because of that, you get a lot of rollover swings. You get a lot of soft contact stuff with it. It works out well. And for Bryce, I know when you look at his StatCast page, it's going to look like he just gets beat around the block. I just, I kind of find it amazing when you watch Bryce. And, and no, the stuff isn't isn't the highest quality. It's not the most premium stuff. He's not going to be a guy that you look at, and all of a sudden he's, you know, tops the league generally. But when you look at, at Elder and Strider, I think, we see, and I think part of elders problem, and it's not elders problem. I think this is a problem with a lot of us. And and I'm, I say us, and I really mean that I, I might be chief among, among everybody on this is we're kind of looking at Bryce and maybe not appreciating really what he's doing this year. One, because the, the underlying stuff, the predictors aren't great, but also because we're all just waiting for Soroka to come back. And I, I know that's my, that's, that's my thing is I've kind of been, I don't want to say sleeping on Bryce because I really enjoyed talking to Bryce uh, before the season. I I really enjoyed uh, getting to actually sit down and speak with him. He's a guy that I think is a good player. I think he's a major league pitcher. I did not think he would beat the level that he's at and with his stuff. I thought he'd be closer to Jake Odorizzi, but I think we're kind of getting to this time. and, And I know it's not always against the best competition. I know that the Marlins aren't great. The Nationals suck. I get that. But he's really only had one start that wasn't really strong this year. When you pull up his, his Fangraphs page, and this is where Fangraphs will help you out a lot, you can look at his actual his game scores against everybody he's faced this year. And when you see the game scores, sure, there's there's harder contact than you want to see. But that harder contact doesn't matter if it's hit into the ground, if it's If you're giving up high exit velocities, but the ball is on the ground, it's not that big of a deal. It's still likely going to be an out. And you look at what he's done. There have been two starts of his this year that have not been good starts. One of them was the one on the 26th versus the Marlins where he gave up the three solo shots. In five and a third inning, and I would argue that his performance—it wasn't—it was not a good performance by him. It was easily his worst performance of the season. But then you also had the one against the Royals, and where the ERA in that game was six seven uh, was uh, uh, five oh six, but the FIP was two nine eight. There's only been one start this season where his his FIP his fielding independent pitching was above three, and that was the one on the twenty sixth against Miami. Outside of that. He's got an 83 game score, a 68 game score, a 72 game score, and a 73 game score. He's been fantastic. And I the Braves and this is this is the part that I think is is so wild to me. The Braves in 2020, they attacked two totally separate ends of the stuff spectrum as far as pitchers go. You got Strider who's the high upside and I don't think anybody uh, really thought that Strider had that level of upside coming out of Clemson, but they, the Braves just hit on it. But you you hit the, the Strider side, which is the absolute tip top, the dominant guy, the Jacob deGrom level type stuff. And then you hit the guy in Bryce Elder, who honestly, it gives a lot of Kyle Hendricks vibes. Now, I know it's not quite when Kyle Hendricks was pulling his voodoo stuff and when he was at his best, like even his his predictor numbers were really, really nice and really good, too. So it's not quite there, but it is way above the Jake Odorizzi level that I thought he would be. It's way, way above the John Lackey level that I kind of thought he would be. Elder has, has really pitched himself into being a main piece of this rotation. And at this point, we'll see how long it continues to this level. But if he keeps out pitching his measurables, and this is another thing that's very important to remember. So Soroka back in 2019, when it looked like Soroka was going to be the next ace in baseball and going to be a, the next superstar pitcher, something that we're all hoping that he'll show again and that he'll get right back to that level. Well, when you look at his numbers there, it wasn't to the same degree of elder as Elder as far as the discrepancies between his surface numbers and his underlyings. But it wasn't that far off either. Like, Soroka is a guy that his profile is to outpitch his measurables. Bryce is one of those two. And for the Braves to be able to hit on both of those guys right next to each other in the draft in the same year, get them both up, that might be the most impressive bit of drafting I've ever seen. That is two polar opposite ends of the spectrum. But they operate the way that they pitch. There's a similarity between the two of them. That just works. I hope it keeps working. I really do, especially since now we don't really know how long Kyle might be out for. Hopefully it's just a, a quick little stay and he's back and doesn't really miss much time at all, just misses a couple of starts and he's fine and ready to go. But either way, it's been so impressive to see from Elder, and it's been it's been a big boon for this Braves team. You can make the argument, I don't think it's much of an argument really, to say that he's been he's been the most consistent pitcher on the ball club this season. Strider's still the guy that you look at and say, "I think he's he's I think Strider might be the best pitcher in the National League. I I think you could start to make a case if Strider keeps going the rest of the season. I think there's a case that by the end of the season we could be talking about Spencer Strider's being the best pitcher in baseball. Um, and I I really think that I'm not just being a homer here. I think I think if Spencer can average and, and let's say if he averages six innings, if Spencer averages six innings, I think he's the best pitcher in baseball. But for Bryce. It's unexpected just because it's a different profile. It's not the profile you see in Major League Baseball in 2023. It's it's different. Doesn't mean that it's bad, and definitely doesn't mean that it's one that you want to preach to everybody. But if it works for Bryce, it works for Bryce. And it's great for the Braves. Incredible work by the scouting department. And again, just, just more examples of what the Braves are going to miss with Dana Brown now being in Houston. We'll see this draft class. We'll see how much of that was Dana Brown and how much of that was the collaborative effort. I'm hoping it was a collaborative effort, Um, but the Braves right now looking really, really good. Uh, Hopefully they can get this sweep out of the way. I'd like to get a sweep against Miami. Feel really, really good before we start playing. uh, It will be Baltimore. I want to say Baltimore. We're playing this weekend, which is a fun matchup Baltimore who I, I I don't know how they're doing what they're doing. It's similar in a way to the pirates who are at 20 and 11 this year. Uh, The Baltimore Orioles are 20 and 10. Despite the fact that they're starting pitching, their rankings are fantastic, but the guys that are actually throwing pitches for them are absolutely terrible. I don't know how they're doing it. Uh, You look at, you look at their lineup and really, you know, you've got Adley Rutschman who's doing his thing. You've got Jorge Mateo who's been on fire all season long. Outside of that though, the lineup hasn't exactly been the most impressive thing in the world for them either. So I don't really know how they're doing what they're doing, but it should be a fun matchup this weekend. It'll be really nice to see Adley Rutschman. It'll be nice to see Gunnar Henderson. Uh, maybe, maybe the Braves will match up with Grayson Rodriguez, which would be fun. But you're going to get a, a good chance to see uh, a, a team in Baltimore who's really, really young and has a lot of upside. And then you're going to see the Braves, how they stack up against other teams outside of the East basically as you look now and some of the teams that the Braves were playing earlier in the year that we thought would be really good stiff competition going even going towards the playoffs really isn't that way as you look it's been a weird season the Pirates are the second best team in the National League right now Uh, you look around and the the worst team in the National League is the St. Louis Cardinals they got what are they 10 and 21 right now Ali Marmold's gonna get fired here soon it's been a wild season on the whole so for the Braves to do what they're doing with the injuries they face, with the uncertainty around the pitching staff, I, I'm, just, I'm just so impressed with what we've seen so far. I'm hoping it continues today. I, I You guys know I love Dylan Dodd. I want to see him uh, get a really good opportunity here. Um, I, I hope he pitches well against Miami, maybe even gets a little bit more run. It'll be between him and Soroka. I do think we'll see Soroka at some point this month, which will be just so awesome to see. Um, maybe even – I would love for him to get his first start back in Atlanta. And I think that's kind of what the Braves might be looking for too. I would love to see it happen. I, I just, I, I want to see Soroka come back and be Soroka again. I want to see that rotation have Max Fried and Strider and Soroka all in it at the same time. Uh, just everything seems to be pointing up for the Braves at the moment. Don't want to jinx anything, obviously. One thing that, that I will say, just as a kind of a downside and and... You guys know I love, I love me some Vaughn Grissom. I am one of the higher people on Vaughn Grissom around here. I, I do think that he's got a bright, bright future. I think he can swing the bat. I think that there's a lot to like about Vaughn, but his defense has been so inconsistent at the big league level. Now, you could just say bad. It hasn't been great. He's made some really good plays, which I don't want to just gloss over those. He's made some really good plays, some really impressive plays. But he seems to be having so many issues on routine plays right now. Made his fifth error yesterday. He and Riley both with five errors. It's just I, I don't know what's happening with him. He needs to figure it out because he's not really impacting the ball with the bat right now. He's, he's, you know got a decent average and all that, but it's all just kind of bare bones basic. There's no power right now. He's not hitting the ball out of the yard. He's not getting extra bases. They're all just kind of slap singles. And if he's, if he's going to want to stay up for any length of time, that's going to have to get fixed. With Orlando Arcia coming back soon though, I think the Braves are going to get to their their pretty much ideal lineup within the neck within this month I would hope. Hopefully we'll see in the next couple of weeks we'll get Orlando back and Orlando will will come back and and not miss a beat, which would be which would be kind of pie in the sky, I know. Risks can be kind of tricky. But that's the that's where we're at with this Braves team. 21 and 10 right now and it still feels like half the ball club hasn't hit their stride yet. So, we'll see what happens going forward. Again, 410 will be the first pitch today. That's going to do it for me on this episode of 643. Make sure you're tuned in on Saturday, where we will be at Sandy Plains Baseball. Uh, should be a whole lot of fun there for the, uh, First Horizon Bank new and gently used equipment drive for baseball and softball. Should be a lot of fun. It's closer to my area, closer to my stomping ground. So, come on out the Saturday. It'll be from 9 to 11. Come say hey uh, and do all that fun stuff with us. And, uh, We'll be back again on Tuesday here for the podcast edition. That's going to wrap it up for us here for the 643 podcast.
1: I'm the
0: end that's all, folks. Giving back has always been our culture at Subaru of Gwinnett. During the Subaru Loves to Help initiative, we're partnering with our friends at Rainbow Village to provide coats, shoes, and socks to those dealing with homelessness. At Subaru of Gwinnett, our hope is that these essential items will not only keep those in urgent need protected, warm, and dry, but that it can have a significant impact on their mental and emotional well-being. Subaru of Gwinnett, more than a car dealer. Visit SubaruofGwinnett.com to learn more.